This is Jason Cast. This is Scott Nearman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I'll tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world. And that is why we started this podcast called MP Local. Hey, 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 welcome MP Local listeners out there. This is MP Local, where we are here for you. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And we want you to know that you are not alone. Once again, we put this through. It's Friday morning for us. Uh, it's got its 7-2. It's a 7-2, which would be also known in the world as July 2nd. Uh, roughly around 7.22 in the morning, you MP Local listeners, Scott got me up early. Uh, but then again, Scott, it's easy to do when we're committed to these listeners, aren't we? Hey, this is a good time. This is fun. Well, everybody wants to do first thing in the morning. Absolutely. For for us. Now, they're probably listening to it at lunchtime or whenever you could be listening to it. Maybe it's on the drive to work, drive home, swimming. You never know. We got a, I got an email from somebody a couple weeks ago that told me that this is they enjoy us while they're jogging. And they said sometimes they wish we'd go longer than 20 minutes because their jog is longer than 20 minutes. But we've got to think about everybody else who's usually listening to us at lunch. <laughs> So, Scott, here we go, man. Um, we'll keep this short and to the point. What we're talking about here was the giving report, which we found very interesting. If you remember from, from, from some of our prior podcasts, you local listeners out there, that we talked about the giving report. I think it was like $434 billion or something like that was given in 2019. Right. But now, um, Scott has brought us the newest report, and we're going to break this down. Scott, take it away. Tell us what you found in here, buddy. Well, it's very interesting. Uh, I was actually at a conference at the uh, Indiana University Lilly School of Philanthropy in Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago, and that's when this report was released. Uh, It's called the Giving USA Report. It's a report on American philanthropy. And so they have released it uh, here this last month uh, for 2020, which as we all know was a very interesting year for everyone, no matter what industry, uh, no matter what went on personally, no matter what country, that's right. <laughs> no matter where you were, no matter where you were, or what you did, we were all doing the same thing. And, and this is just one of those episodes where I got to brag on the nonprofit folks and the donors that support them because, um, it's amazing, right? 2020, uh, you had the market tumble in March uh, and then recover and do quite well by the end of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And charitable giving grew, according to this report, 5.1% uh, over 2019. So year over year, we consistently see uh, charitable giving outpacing inflation and continuing to rise to what is now a total of four, $471.4 billion. We're approaching half a trillion dollar industry in this country. And that actually equates to about $1.3 billion per day being given. So you know what, Scott? First of all, when I said that 435 to 438, I totally, local listeners, pulled that out of like a memory bank from way back. And I was pretty close, which blew me away because you said 471. But what I also like is, is that I'm not rich, Scott. 
I don't think you're rich. No, right? sir. We're just middle, just middle class folks trying to raise a family and get through life the best way we can. So I'm not saying it's great because I'm rich, but I'm saying that this is proof that rich people actually give because poor people didn't have money during the pandemic. This is showing that 5.1%, that means the people who did have the money gave into and gave up some of that money. I know people personally, Scott, that gave up PPP money. They went and got it because they could get it, and then they turned around and donated it off to places. Right. So this is good news here. I love being American. I wonder, is this this is giving in the USA, by the way, local listeners. That's this right. is not worldwide. That's right. And and you're exactly right. So so 2020 was we talked a lot about uh, injustice as well as a pandemic, uh, and this was True. a bit of an uneven recovery. So what nonprofits are saying and what I've experienced is that the wealthier households are the ones that were in a better position to weather the pandemic, and they were able to continue, if not even step up their giving. That also goes for foundations. Uh, foundations were more generous with their grant funds. They had less strings attached. And so most in the nonprofit world know this, but I just want to reiterate uh, that growth because that is substantial and it's a very positive thing for the future. It is. It is. We will. I'm interested in seeing this report in a year. I really truly am to see that the aftermath, the post pandemic, it'll be interesting. Right, right. But they're they're giving, you know, five percent more in the midst of the pandemic and, and I saw that, you know, where I'm at as well. But where are they giving? And and this report is also interesting, you know, I learned about this way back in, in college and uh, you know, we know, uh, by and large, that seventy to eighty percent of all gifts are given by individuals. Okay, so these are not you know, a lot of folks want to chase the grant money. They want to run down that corporation, that foundation, and they're going after about 20% of the pie when they do that, maybe 25. But if they focus on individuals and individual stewardship and individual asks, um, that pie or that part of the pie continues to grow. So according to Giving USA, that's 69% of all gifts of that 471 trillion, I'm sorry, 471 billion, uh, 70% of that was from individuals. So yes, maybe they're high net worth households, but also uh, that average gift, that middle class gift, those folks continue to give more. And see, we always think of like a Coca-Cola. We think of those big corporations, as you said, but this is proof here. And, yeah. and for all you local listeners who want to do the math, I didn't do it in my head. I'm just reading it. It's $1.29 billion a day that is given. $1.29 billion a day that is given that that's amazing that's amazing that's mind-blowing i bet you 1.2 billion is probably not the, the the total income or budget or economy of more than half the countries in the world and we're given that in the day i guarantee you it's not yeah yeah wow so where's that money going um, this is also the report that has shown consistently through the years that uh, the vast majority is given to religion. So folks are given to their churches or synagogues, etc. And that's about a third of the money, uh, 28% according wow. to this report. So anywhere from a quarter to a third every year, religion is on top. Um, so we can talk about, you know, recent Gallup poll talked about the rate of church going Americans and all of this. But whether they're going or not, Jason, they're still given, right? So in, mm-hmm. in a pretty large, right. large numbers. Uh, those are also religious causes, uh, right? Uh, religious affiliate uh, parachurch ministries where I do a lot of consulting. Um, 
But number two is education. So 15% of those billions are given to education and then human services. One of the interesting things about this report, um, and, and we'll put this, we have an infographic that Giving USA puts out free of charge. It is a good that one. That is givingusa.org. Uh, you can find more information about this. You can purchase the detailed report. Uh, but there's an infographic we will link in, this, in the notes. And uh, one of the interesting things about this is the largest year-over-year increase was to public society or benefit organizations. So what is a public or societal benefit organization? That's what I was going to ask you. So pulled that up. I need to remind myself. But, you know, you check a little box when you incorporate with the IRS. And so you fall into a number of categories, arts and culture, education, environment, health, international, religion. Uh, And the public and societal benefit category uh, is civil rights and civil liberties. It's membership organizations. So I had a recent podcast with uh, a consultant who specializes in helping membership organizations, chambers of commerce, for example. Uh, it's also just a broad kind of catch-all category for anything philanthropy or related to public benefit. Um, and so voter education, these are all in that public or societal benefit, and they grew. They grew. That was actually the largest growth. Almost part. 16% year over year. So that alone was... F- I thought the interesting, the interesting thing was the second one. Animals, right? Yeah. Because you got to think about during the pandemic, people had to think about animals. It's environment too. But, but really think about, I think that that's something that you probably really... We probably yeah. But here's the thing. These were always given to um, local listeners. This was a growth of almost 12% in their charitable dollars during 2024 environment and animals. Yeah. I just think this is so interesting. Well, it's, it's interesting stuff because it, it can tell a fundraiser uh, where to focus their efforts. And I think that's the big thing that we want to leave as a takeaway. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I found an article from Stelter Group. It's another consulting firm uh, known in the plan gift world. And there's some real uh, takeaways. And we have talked before, Jason, about uh, pivoting and innovating and those words that everybody's kind of tired of after 2020, right? We had to turn on a dime uh-huh. and do something differently, right? And for some people, uh, that meant, you know, a lot of technological platforms. Uh, For some people, that meant getting out of the rut of transactional relationships that that you just receive the check and receipt the check and you deposit the check, right? Uh, That's not not relationship building as far as connecting donors to your organization and your mission. Um, And so wherever an organization is on that spectrum, um, you know, doing really fantastic online events, or if you're not there yet, you know, just getting uh, into the video world and being able to um, bring your donor on a behind the scenes tour. Uh, Maybe it's just Facebook live, you know, that's free for anybody, right? Uh, So innovating, you know, continuing to do that and and do something new and different uh, is definitely a theme uh, from this past year, year and a half. What's crazy is, is when I'm looking at this report too, it says that actually corporate giving um, actually declined by 6.1% during this uh, time. So it's actually interesting that a lot of the other areas grew where corporate giving actually decreased. And I guess you could say that, you know, they took hardship losses and that made sense. Um, but it's just amazing how every other place was given. And it said over $41 billion was given via bequests. And, and that's an increase of 10.3%. And, and you mentioned the foundations as well. Right. 
I mean, really, it was. I'm not even, guys, I'm an insurance agent that helps non-for-profits, senior centers, social services, health health um, services. But uh, I'm, I'm an insurance guy. But this is very interesting to me just in how you see how people are actually, how our society is functioning. And, 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 and it's just not looking at it and saying, wow, we're growing. It's the fact that, as you said, Scott, these are, these are indicators of where we should be focusing our time when we know that they're already right. seeing increases on a national right. scale. Well, corporate giving you know, is only 4% so. of the pie. So, so definitely the message is as you innovate, it's to focus on individuals and, you know, many organizations have been blessed with either stimulus funds or some generous foundation grants to get through, you know, finding grants for operations is not generally a, an easy thing to do, but I think foundations have loosened up in that regard and hopefully, you know, will continue to do so to some extent. Um, but yeah, those are the areas to focus. Gosh, that's, that's all. That's about ninety percent of the money out there is individuals and foundations. That's crazy, and you know what? A lot of times, corporations are constantly throwing it in our face. You know, like we donate to this, or we gave away a hundred thousand dollars last Christmas, or this and that. They're putting it in our face so much that maybe it's just me, local listeners, but I I feel as if like that blows me away that they're like six percent of the total pie. That's 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 mind blowing because they'll make you believe that they do a lot well, more than I've, that. I've got plans for an upcoming episode as well where we'll talk about those corporate or foundation partnerships, but particularly corporate. It is important how you approach those. There's money to be had there because that 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 four to six yeah. percent is a percent of four hundred and seventy one billion dollars, so it's nothing to shake a stick at. But but Scott, think of this though. Whenever we're fundraising even if I'm fundraising for one of my little, you know, my son's baseball team or whatever it could be, the first thing you think about is businesses, right. right? That's what we do. We go to, well, they have the money. This report is showing that 90% of everything that was given was given by them. You have, you line up 10 people in front of you that gave to your organization. There's good chance 90 of them were in or nine of them were individuals. Yeah. Right now we think, oh, well, no, because of this and that, but that shut. Yeah, but really add up the businesses versus your individuals. I guarantee you, unless you're sure. an anomaly, anomaly or you have some different type of service, it's going to probably fall in line with this. Unbelievable. That means that you should be targeting individuals more than you should anybody else. That's amazing. Here's the other thing. Another key takeaway from Stelter Group is online giving. Obviously, everything had to move online last year in, in so many different ways. And so the growth in online giving, uh, it increased by about 20%. And that was, wow. from a, that was from a relatively small percent. So now online giving represents about 13% of total giving. So it is important, as I have said for, for some time, that, that every organization has, a non, uh, has an online presence. You know, there are certain things yeah. that legitimate you as an organization. And having a website, and these days if you're a nonprofit, having a giving portal on that website is absolutely essential. It's got to be. It's got to be. Just one more uh, one more takeaway. You know, a lot of people stepped up last year, Jason. So folks that had never given before, you know, we, we talk about, well, we're sort of in a new decade now, right? So we talk about every decade or so, new donors arise. You know, one example is my daughter, you know, had her first job and, and started giving back as part of her... Um, uh, earned dollars. You know, we believe to in giving, saving, and spending. So, um, 
Jeez, Louise, you're going after your kids? Okay, the local listeners, local listeners, here's another idea from the expert. Go after your kids to get money for your foundation. No, no, not me. Her choice. <laughs> but you have new donors, right? You have folks, that you instill are folks that. stepping up, right? So they stepped up, we know, in yeah. religion and education and in those public benefit or, you know, social justice causes probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those new donors, you have to retain them. And so we've known in the nonprofit sector for a long time, there's a leaky bucket syndrome, right? They're, they're coming into the bucket and they're leaking right out the bottom because we're not retaining them. And so the whole concept of stewardship is, is a really big deal. And, and again, that's been known for some time, but how do we keep them connected? And so you get back to that innovating and bringing them in in a more personal, relational kind of way in a less transactional way. Uh, there's a book mm-hmm. called Donor-Centered Fundraising by Penelope Burke. Uh, donor-centered fundraising, and she talks about um, those donors that receive a thank-you call from a board member uh, or, or staff member within 24 hours of receiving that gift gave 39% more over that period of time she looked at wow. than those who were not thanked. So next time they are solicited, they're going to give a third more uh, just because you thanked them right the first time. And so there's something more personal about a phone call than just a transactional letter. Right. And so obviously it takes human resources, it takes time, it takes volunteers uh, in order to get those things done if you're a small shop. Uh, But planning for that and developing those processes to do so uh, really can pay off. Well, it can pay off. And people say, well, Scott, you just said less transactional, but yet you're telling me to put a payment portal on my website. Right. Understand it's a tool. It's a tool. So how nice is it if you talk to the person face-to-face or over the phone, and they decide to give to have a nice, convenient way for them to do it. A lot of times people go, well, why would someone just go to my website and just uh, donate? Probably not going to, but what if there is a natural disaster and you happen to be a a service that helps those people? You're not going to be able to get this created overnight when the tornado came through the next day and people are trying to donate to to help you. These are things that it's a tool. It may be used sometimes, it may be used all the time, but the point is you need to be ahead of the game to at least allow and have that tool today. Um, and it's not very hard. There's there's a ton of gateway services out there. You can get PayPal for free um, to be able to take to take payments and stuff. But there's also probably a lot of processors out there that help nonprofits and stuff. And I and I don't have any of that. And maybe that's something we could bring into a into a later episode and just pin back sure. and say, hey, if you're looking for someone to help you with a um, that's called like a point of sale, what we call a gateway, a payment gateway. So if you're ever talking to somebody out there and you want one of those for your website. Tell your website person that you want a payment gateway to be able to take and accept payments. It's it's not a it's not a tough thing to do. But you're right. They're, they're tools, and and I had a, it reminds me of a supervisor I had a few years back. He used to always talk about what happens after the gift. So you've had the conversation, and you've prepared the donor through an event and through personal solicitation and, and meetings, uh, and and you've asked them, and they've made a gift. But what happens after that? So much influences. What happens the next time? I've also seen right. research that says the sooner that you make an ask for the second gift, the more likely they are to give. So you get that first gift in the door and you properly thank them and steward them, quickly show some impact and ask, you know, can they do that again or, or legitimate you know, that need? Uh, they're more likely to give and then to continue giving. So you, you've immediately got a little bit 
more retention of that donor. And so there's there's a lot of little things like that that if you can work it into your processes, you've got the staffing to do it, um, it really does uh, pay off. But but yeah, they're, they're tools, and, and it's really about that, what happens after the gift, um, mm-hmm. that stewardship, that can be the next ask. You may not have to ask again if you're demonstrating impact and you're thinking properly. We need to wrap this up, but Scott, one of the things that I pride myself on at our agency here is it's not a lot of people don't like agents because hey, once they uh, get my check or they get the they get the yes, I never hear from them again until once a year. That's one thing we prove ourselves on is like the sale starts, the relationship starts after they say yes. That's one of the things that we teach. And then one of the things you say is how soon we ask them again. That's exactly right. How soon we ask them to help them with their auto or their home or their life or their health, mm-hmm. that the sooner you ask them that, or the sooner you ask them for a referral, who would be someone that you could ask. So these business principles, as we talk about all the yeah. time in these podcasts, Scott, they fall right in line with each other and what they can do. But then again, that's why this is MP local podcast where these people are not alone. And I hope that you were able to get something out of this. Scott, anything you want to say as we wrap up? No, I just uh, think this should be encouraging to those in the nonprofit world our listeners, uh, that uh, giving is up, that people are generous, and that there are some things that we've learned from 2020, and to just a reminder to keep implementing and keep innovating. This has been NP Local Podcast, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. We are here for you. We're out. <laughs>